0: And I think anyone uh, working with any kind of change pro uh, process have uh, heard the expression like uh, things are different with us in in our market or in in our department. And of course, you've got to respect that they they think so. Um, and um, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, what we need to do is to get some data put into a system where we can send out a survey, and then we have to listen to feedback. So. You know, it's as simple as
1: that, really. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Account Experience Podcast. And today we're joined by Marianne Molgaard. She's the group customer engagement manager at Biznode. And Marianne had a great LinkedIn post go viral recently, which detailed her global experience program at Biznode. And full disclosure here, guys, Biznode is a customer of Customer Gauge, but man is this story interesting. Marianne doesn't hold back and gives us the full details on how she launched a program globally, across markets, how she rallied internal teams around the customer, and even how the program has impacted Biznode's business. This is a can't-miss for anyone operating a global Program. So, without further ado, let's dive on in. I'm here as always with my co-host Carrie T. Self. Say hello, Carrie. Hello, everyone. You're coming from the uh, the Customer Gauge HQ in Boston this week, which is really exciting.
2: Back in the office, real excited. All right.
1: About it. So today, guys, we have a really exciting guest. Uh, we have. Marianne Molgaard from Biznode. Full disclosure, she is one of our clients, uh, but she has a really great story she published on LinkedIn. We would love to talk to her in more detail about that. So welcome, Marianne.
0: Thank you, thanks for having me.
1: Of course. So I figured we could start this thing off uh, by maybe just telling us a little bit about who Biznode is and what they do and your role there.
0: Yeah. Well, Biznode is a data and analytics company, and we work across nineteen markets, um, and um, we have a headquarters in Sweden. Um, And uh, yeah.
1: And uh, so, what? Give us a little detail around kind of what you do at Biznode. So, I know you're the uh, group customer engagement manager. Um, So, what does that kind of entail, and what are your your duties?
0: Yeah, so I I work in um, in group marketing, and uh, we are I'm responsible for running the NPS program across all markets. Uh, so basically, I make sure that uh, the program develops, but I also make sure that we uh, upload data uh, every month, uh, that we uh, integrate uh, from different CRM systems, uh, all these kind of things. Um, I have close contacts to uh, champions in all the markets, which we can talk about a little bit later. Uh, and um, yeah, that's it, basically.
2: One of the things, Mariano, I, I, I would love for you to kind of expand on. When you say 19 markets, I think yeah. some people might think like, oh, um, one hour down the road, two hours down the road. Where are these markets, these 19 different markets you speak of?
0: well we're very well presented in uh, northern europe so uh, that in is uh, denmark sweden norway and finland then uh, we have the dark region which is of course uh, germany austria and switzerland then we have uh, a bit of the baltics like latvia and estonia and we have the Southern, what we call southern markets which is which is um, uh, slovenia croatia czech republic slovakia um, right. Yeah, Hungary, (laughs) Poland, Uh, and then we have Belgium as well. Um, So yeah, I'm not sure I mentioned all of them, but you get the picture.
2: And that's that's what I think is so impressive that Marianne has been able to do this, not across 19 very similar regions or markets, but very different, different languages, different cultures you know, different products too, and some of those different um, regions too, um, right? Yeah. So so I guess my big question here is in, in doing this and, and trying to create a program that that kind of blankets 19 different, different regions, um, yeah. different countries and all, what were some of the challenges? I mean, I, I wanna come out and ask the hard question right out of the gate. What challenges did you run into? And, and I'll also ask another question with that. Did you do them all at once? Was it staggered? Kind of. What was the approach to
0: getting this rolled out? Well, I took over the program from someone who started it. Uh, So I've been running this program for about uh, three years. Uh, But I want to get back to something else you said, you said about cultures, because another thing about Biznode is that um, we're a company who uh, sort of acquired a lot of companies over time. Uh, So uh, that's why there's so many products uh, and so many cultures, even locally. Uh, Now we are on a really uh, good, track where we are sort of gathering um, all products and markets and everything. So we are in that process at the same time. But I think that everyone is determined to sort of make one business note. Uh, so it helps uh, really in the process that we are on with this program as well. Hmm. But it is, of course, a challenge. And, and I think anyone uh, working with any kind of change pro uh, process have uh, heard the expression like, Uh, things are different with us in in our market or in in our department. And of course, you've got to respect that they they think so. Um, And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, what we need to do is to get some data together from various systems imported into a system where we can send out a survey and then we have to listen to feedback. So, you know, it's as simple as that, really. Um, you, you
2: you say it's simple, and I and I think you're being very humble in that. Um, <laughs> but so so let me ask you this, then. Instead of asking you what the challenges are, what tools and resources, what were the things that you used to kind of leverage your success to get this? I, I love what you said about being one business, node. Mm. And I think anyone who runs the business that has more than one location knows the pain of this. It feels different. As you move around and then acquiring other businesses and bringing them in can really start to tear away at that one biz node mm-hmm. um, feel. So, what were some of the resources? What are some of the tools that you're currently using to help well, with the one biz node mission?
0: Well, it obviously helps that our CEO is 100% behind this. Um, and also, uh, you know the the whole leadership team. They have decided that they want to work with NPS, and they have targets. Uh, NPS targets. They mention it in all uh, town hall meetings. Um, all kind of when we talk about financial results and uh, sales results, we also mention the NPS score. Uh, so that of course helps. But uh, but also we we've done a lot of training both with you guys but also uh, locally and we have sort of every month we we sort of um, have a forum an nps forum with with all the champions from uh, each market and we uh, we sort of share experiences what works what doesn't work Um, some countries are progressing very quickly but of course again we we are undergoing a lot of changes uh, and uh, we have a lot of different um, programs that we are developing. So sometimes we don't have the resource that we would like to sort of progress quick enough. But, um, you know, so, so we, we discuss different things in these forms, but um, I think the most important resources uh, in this is uh, middle management. If we get middle management on board, uh, it sort of, um, and they understand that working with NPS is not an extra task. It's actually something that can help them to improve their retention, um, which you know will also the, reduce the time that they need to uh, make new sales. Then if we can get them to understand that, then you are half the way, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that we are 100% successful on that, but um, I think we understand the importance of getting the middle management on, on board. And we're spending, I am personally spending a lot of time on, so um, you know, meeting with these guys and helping them to set up reports so they can overview the performance of their teams and and these kind of things. It helps a lot.
2: So, you know, I, I didn't know if you had a question or not. I know you're, you're hearing all the things that we've been talking about. And um, I mean, the first one that stands out to me is CEO buy-in. How important is that? Mm, I yeah. think it's a, it's a theme that we keep talking about, but it's got to start very high up. Yeah. And, um, you know, you guys have that blessing, which is great. Um, sure. and you, 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 touched on a couple of things that I thought were really powerful, but, um, I, I guess my next question would be, is t- tell me a little bit about how do you get middle management in, um, what are some of the things you leveraged? And, and if you don't bring it up, I might give you a little hint too, because I love your champion and darling program. So yeah. we might we might jump into that a little bit too. But tell me a little bit about that. I think that's everyone's challenge here. How do we get management to buy in? Um, is always important. So I'd love to hear a little bit on what you, what you've been working on to get that to happen.
0: Well, I've just invited them uh, to uh, to meetings and uh, explain to them what they can achieve from the program, and uh, I've sort of um, make. I think when I start talking to them they're quite amazed by what we can see you know from the responses mm-hmm. and I think you know some of them have never thought that it was that important until they actually saw what we could get out of it first of all they thought maybe the survey model was too simple and they were used to something else where they worked before or something like that um but usually they're quite amazed by what they see and they um, when they read the comments, they can relate to them. Um, in the beginning, they couldn't so much because we weren't good enough at selecting the data, but the better we become of that, the more they can recognize the customers and the respondents and the responses. Um, but another thing uh, which you probably don't know, Carrie, is that when we started this, uh, well, in I think in 2018, We tried to have like, um, we called it like a customer feedback day, where we sort of invited all uh, sort of everyone from the leadership team and middle management to uh, say, okay, on on this day, we will give you a handful of responses from clients. And we would like you to close the loop or not just close, close the loop, but to call these clients and hear what they have to say. Some picked up on it, some didn't. But the ones who did, they were like, whoa, you know, (laughs) they were so amazed. Um, And I think for some it was a little bit difficult. And we decided if we were to do that again, we needed to look a lot more at the responses. And because when you sort of look at the response and it goes into product details, you perhaps, if you are the financial manager of the company, you perhaps you don't know so much details and don't know what's so. answer. <laughs> but um I think that that this is was the first step on sort of getting people interested. And I think it's also you gotta do a little bit of selling the idea internally sometimes as, as well. But this helped um so
2: yeah. I'm I'm okay. laughing because of the, the, the sheer cruelty but also <laughs> <laughs> just that yeah I did I did not know that. Um <laughs> We might do a session just on that day alone. I think I would love to hear those <laughs> stories. Um,
0: but it wasn't a hundred percent a success, but it was a start, and and it created some interest, I suppose. So
1: um, yeah, yeah, it's really a testament to your management team uh, and, and the actual culture at Biznode that you guys were able to do that, hmm. and um, and really allow those executives to close the loop. I we had a, another story from a, a customer where the CEO closed the loop with the client and the client responded back, you have a customer for life just because the CEO took time out of their day to call the customer. Um, So that's powerful stuff. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to pivot a little bit. So I'm kind of curious, you mentioned the 19 markets, we're going backwards, but I think what's really interesting to me is the cultural differences. Are there any of those that really jump out at you? So like when you have these middle management meetups where like you said, you're dealing with all of these different markets, Is there something that's jumping out in your head as like, all right, we have to maybe treat this region a little differently? Or is that, what are you seeing that you can share with the audience there?
0: Um, I can say that a a country that stood out from the beginning is Hungary. Hungary just do so well on everything. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, But then again, they've been working very intensively with the program for a long time. And even before, I think we did it on a group level. So it's, it's really, I think, very much about how mature you are working with the program as well. Um, but uh, from some sort of cultural differences, of course, uh, there's a lot of things you can see in the results coming in. Um, you know, how much some markets I can see, they they mainly just give a comment. If it's something positive, they want to say something positive about the account manager, which I don't think is very helpful feedback, even though the account manager might be happy about it. but. Uh, and in some markets, I, I think it's it's really nice because even though you give a 10, you are very happy to tell us what we can improve still, which is so useful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, otherwise, of course, we can see the same. And, and I know the sessions we've had with customer gauge also we've discussed the fact, uh, how much is uh, uh, culture when you see a score of 63 compared to a score of 20 and how much is actually the customer uh, receiving something that is so much better than the customer you know, who gave us 20. And it's sort of hard to tell because, of course, there is a cultural difference. But then again, um, the, the country like Hungary, for example, they've been working so much. And it's so much part of their processes that uh, they deserve the 63 that they, are, they were getting at the time. Um, which I think they're probably still getting, but uh, it's, it's um, I think it's like a, a mixture and and it's just understanding that as well, which is important that there is a bit of both. I think this is what we've discussed a lot about in the forums that we've had, um, you know, and then I think that's what we've decided is, you know, if you are in a, in a country where you think that they are uh reluctant to give you a high score you know don't compare uh with hungary Compare to what you had last year instead you know and make progress from there because if we want to link it to retention then um, can you improve your retention if you achieve a higher score so i think this is just how we look at it really
1: Yeah, yeah and i think that's uh that's important to to note because you guys aren't necessarily focused on benchmarking across regions, you're more focused mm-hmm. on internal targets, because you know, and you guys have figured out that a higher score equates to better retention. Yeah. Take it. Yeah, Yeah.
0: definitely. But I think this is only this year, I think that everyone understands that not to compare against other markets. Mm. It, it took a while to get away from. And I think that's a uh, some markets might have thought of we won't ever achieve the same score as Hungary so we might just opt out of this game. (laughs) Not completely but (laughs) you know what I mean it's uh, it's just uh, when a target is so hard to meet you might give up a little bit uh, but that's not the target so we've set targets uh, from last year we really set targets on most response rate and on score on for each market, not not uh, only for on a group level. So I think that's really important. And then like how, how much better do I want to perform this year compared to last year?
1: This episode of the Account Experience Podcast is sponsored by Customer Gauge, the leading B2B account experience software that ties revenue to your experience data in real time to help you make better account centric decisions that drive revenue growth. Quick question. What do you guys think is the number one reason B2B experience programs fail? Believe it or not, it's lack of C-suite buy-in. And in Customer Gauge's research with MIT, they found the quickest way to align yourselves with the C-suite is to actually align with what they care about most which is revenue. That's why Customer Gauge is literally built from the ground up to maximize and track the revenue contribution from your experience program in real time. Companies like DHL, Anheuser-Busch, Heineken. Uh, yeah, we get a good amount of free bear. One Login, Iron Mountain, h block super Block, SuperOffice, and Sugar CRM are already using Customer Gauge to maximize their growth by tying their programs to revenue. And with over $10 billion worth of account revenue actively being managed in Customer Gauge, yeah, that's Billion with a B. They're the leader in the space. But maybe even more interesting, they found that once you get alignment with that C-suite, the needs of these B2B practitioners or the program champions are evolving too. In such a complex account environment, it can be really tough to measure and act on feedback quickly across multiple departments, divisions, or even locations. Luckily, Customer Gauge has you covered there as well. With account-native features that easily help you not only measure the feedback from multiple stakeholders in an account, but act on that feedback in real time. Because at the end of the day, if you're not empowering your frontline staff with the right insights to address customer issues, you're going to be dealing with a churn issue. It's not a matter of if, It's really a matter of when. Customer Gauge helps you distribute this experience data across your entire organization, regardless of department, regardless of location, regardless of division, all in real time. No manual spreadsheets or a team of analysts are needed. Customer Gauge's mission is to help B2B companies harness the power of account-centric growth to drive meaningful change in their businesses. And that's a powerful thing. If you want to see Customer Gauge in action, go ahead and check out customergauge.com and get a demo of account experience today. You won't regret it.
2: So, Mariana, I hear you talking about the score and I heard response rate, so... And then I heard retention. Mm -hmm. So, are there other metrics that you're currently measuring in the program or is there any other metrics you're tying the program to that are important for business?
0: Um, I think we also... Um I didn't mention that so much, but we are now looking very much on the bounce rate because we're really, really focused on good data, which is, of course, what we are um, selling to customers on a daily basis as well. So uh, we should really be focusing a lot on good data. Um, but um, yeah, so we will continue. We, we really want to get that 100% right. And, you know, yeah.
2: So bounce rate, just to make sure I understand this is is when you send out a survey, you send out um, an ask, basically, does it, is it received by someone or does it bounce back? Is that correct? Okay, Yes. make sure I understood that. Um,
0: And this is a sort of a little bit like, um, this tells me whether the the individual markets are actually working on their uh, data quality. uh. (laughs) So, you know, if I see one month that this, this market has a, you know, 10% bounce rate, then I can go back and say, uh, did you forget something this month? And then we can um, start uh, looking at that. So, yeah. Or there is an error somewhere. It doesn't need to be only behavior. Sometimes there is an error in how you have, yeah, you set up your report. Because some, not all of our data is automatically transferred. Again, we're not just 19 markets, we're also 19 CRM systems. So. Mm it makes it uh, quite challenging sometimes
2: <laughs> i think everybody cringed when they heard that that yeah. that's an amazing thing to have to manage
0: yeah but
2: um but that's interesting of- that i i was just gonna i was just gonna just just unpack that for half a second here that just to think about that we're always talking about metrics and what we measure by those metrics and what we can tell and that's fascinating looking at a bounce rate and I mean, you can, I guess you could identify, are they managing, do they truly value the data they're putting in? Do they really want the engagement? And then the final piece would be, I guess this could also be a way of gaming the system. Um, it's something you can look at and say, Is are there account managers out there who are maybe putting in bad data um, to keep their score higher? Because they know they might have a few customers that might not give a great score. I don't know if gaming or anything is something that you've dealt with, seen, um, if, if it's anything that's popped up in this relationship building that you're working on.
0: Yeah, a little bit, but I think at the, at the end of the day, what we want to focus on is to automate this as much as possible. And I think also you don't want to put in bad data. It's it's on your customer card on the CRM system because, so you, you really want to have the right contacts, but, um, sometimes you forgot to forget to update your uh, decision-maker data and because it's so obvious to you who it's who you're dealing with, so, but uh, yeah.
1: So let's go to metrics real quick. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Marianne published an article on LinkedIn about her NPS program and it, it went Pretty much viral, so this is the one of the main reasons uh, we're having you on here because it was a great story. But we also love what business does, obviously, as as one of our clients. But you said that in the past three years you grew your score from 14 NPS to 40, and your response yeah. rate from 3% to 17%. So how has that positively impacted your business, and how did you do that?
0: Well, first of all, uh, the, the the survey we sent out when we got a uh, uh, a score of 14 and a response rate of 3%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some mar- some markets, uh, and, and not all of them, some just took all the, I think, all the contacts they had from the CRM system <laughs> and, <laughs> and sent to all these um, clients. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, some were users. And when you get a, a question, would you recommend Biznote on a scale from 0 to 10? they you get a little bit of an odd response because uh, they have no if you have no influence on on whether to buy or not Um, so again we did a lot of uh, work on the data and and Mm. what i did was i because i also realized that because we have so many cm systems we uh, we use different kind of methods to uh, select data and the data that we, the accuracy of the data that we imported was, I wouldn't say it was incorrect, but it didn't match each other. So I wanted to make sure that we actually um, got the same kind of data from each market. And maybe if they weren't able to deliver to all the data fields we wanted, that didn't matter as much as that we got the same kind of data from each market. Um, so that's one thing we worked on. So we can compare. Um, in the correct way. Uh, So that's one thing we did. And I can't remember what was the rest of the question. (laughs) How
1: how is that, I mean, that's a pretty big jump, right? So 14 NPS to 40 and 3% response to 17% response.
0: What I wanted to say is 14 was perhaps not the correct score. Hmm. Uh, If you were to take uh, the decision makers out of the respondents we had, you'd probably get a higher score. But Mm. because you can't really differentiate who's uh, decision-makers or not. But I ran a report to see who answered um, in um, in 18 and who answered in 19 uh, and took away uh, some of the others. We could see that that those clients who answered in 19, they gave us a higher, well in 18, they gave us a higher score in 19. Uh, So we have done something to uh, improve the score but not as much as from 14 to, uh, I think it was 35 last year. So, so it's something in between, actually. Um, but, I mean, we, we, uh, we have grown during this period, um, and, but we can't say that it's all due to working with NPS. It would be nice, but uh, I'm sure that, you know, other things also pre- uh, play a role. We have developed new products. We have optimized processes. We work better together across the markets. There's so many reasons uh, why we have improved. Um, but uh, surely uh, listening to client feedback is uh, is one part of it.
1: Yeah, and that really speaks to to trust, right? And you mentioned this in your article as well, that not only do you have trust um, from your clients because you're asking them the recommend question, but you're also creating that really deep trust in the organization in the metrics. So that's maybe my follow-up question to that is, how did you manage to create that trust in nps internally across both the upper and the middle management levels
0: i think one thing i mentioned already uh, is uh, it's really important that you know you can recognize the feedback from customers um so uh, once we got the data right then uh, it all became a lot more relevant and also uh, when you know, distributing reports actually means a lot. <laughs> um, I've created so many reports uh, in in all kinds of ways. And every time, everyone is surprised by what we can see. Mm. Um, so, um, so that's also one way of creating trust. Uh, but it really made a difference that, you know, account just could recognize feedback from their clients. Uh, we had in the beginning, because we asked so many users, uh, so we had imagine a, a major account manager, um, you know, and he has the, his key people uh, with the client that he speaks to. And then he gets uh, two scores of one is six and one is seven. And they're from people he's he's never heard of. <laughs> and the people who uh, he wanted to hear from, we, we didn't ask them or, or we asked them and they didn't respond. So, you know, so when they start seeing um responses from people that they recognize they really uh trust the program and trust that you know and, and then they start to be more interested in the program so yeah
2: i i hinted on this a little earlier and i it's one of the things that that i just i love about Bizdone and what you've done marianne and i would love for you to talk a little bit about how do you use your champions um and this darling program of yours, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. But how do you use that to build trust in the organization?
0: So the champions is something we decided to have before um, before I took over as well. Uh, I think in Bizno we've been running the program for for about six years, and and um, I think we sort of used customer gates for maybe three or four years, um, but. Um, so we we knew that you know one person could this couldn't do this uh, on their own and so we needed to have some some people lo- locally who would take care of, of that and i think of course we've changed our perception over time i mean some some people thought that uh, you can give the responsibility to one person maybe in customer care maybe someone who didn't have a lot to do and they would um, make sure that we get a good score every year but you know <laughs> it didn't really run like that so um but uh, now the the champion is uh, is both like a coordinator on the program but they are also responsible for making sure that everyone is updated on uh, results uh, developing the structure locally um and they are also sort of um what what can you call it it's not a super user, but someone who has the most knowledge about NPS locally. Hmm. Um, They have a good network internally where they can uh, communicate well with like the sales team or um, product team locally or stuff like that. Um, And um, we are sort of a team. They report to someone locally, but we are sort of a team and we have our form every, uh, every month and we get together once per year where we, uh, we learn more about uh, the program and we decide how the program is going to develop moving forward. What should we focus on? Um, how can we help each other? Stuff like that. And then uh, as an additional so addition to that, for the first year, last year, we had a Darlings program, um, which was uh, something that um, we actually decided on the previous uh, get together We have every year uh, the workshop. Um, So it was, uh, we decided that every um, market would nominate someone every month who uh, had done something in line with the program, uh, something really good. Uh, It could be that they had. had a good initiative with a client, which would, um, you know, move a client from, for example, a seven to a nine or something like that. Um, But we wanted to make sure that it wouldn't just be for salespeople, it would also be customer care. And so we sort of, it was the champion's role to make sure that we we, we sort of had people from everywhere. Uh, And then eventually we ended up with a list of uh, a lot of nominations. Uh, so every month, we, we did a diploma uh, for the Darling. It was presented at their town hall meeting or whatever. Um, and then eventually, at the end of the year, we put a committee down with uh, a couple of people from Gate actually. And, uh, you know, some people from senior management at BizNode. And uh, they had a, a, you know, selection of their favorites, and also a chat around what is important uh, for a a darling. And then we ended up with a total of, I think, about 12, 15 people who who joined us in Vienna uh, with a workshop with uh, Customer Gage. And um, we treated them to uh, a treasure hunt in Vienna and uh, nice dinner and everything. (laughs) And uh, they, of course, went back to their markets super positive about NPS and uh, they, they sort of told all their colleagues uh, what a great program it is. And that sort of helps the local champion when she or he wants to uh, put in new NPS initiatives. So we we definitely want to continue with that idea. It's not been so um, present, should I say, this year, because of uh, we've had different challenges. Uh, for example, Corona, I don't know if you've heard of it, but, you know, it's <laughs> uh, sort of... <laughs> Taking a bit of time and change things slightly, so, but we're definitely running the program again for darlings, Um, perhaps in a different format. We we we've discussed that, and um, yeah, we have, yeah, it will be good.
2: So, Marianne, a couple of things. There, I just wanna I want to break this down really fast. The first Mm -hmm. thing you said was, and I think this is a mistake a lot of people do. They try to dump it on one person, and I think Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happy you said that but you know, someone thinks a champion means we'll go out there and make the score better. You said that and take care of everyone. Return those calls and get our response rate up. And I love the fact that, and, and we've talked about this before. That's why I was hoping you were going to say that, but mm-hmm. you know, when you get in a room with all these champions, the ones that are new to the role will say, yeah, everyone's kind of expecting me to do it. And then the ones that are more seasoned and been there for a while they have found a way to to really get everyone doing it i think yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the podcast you said this is not some this is not an extra task this is how you, you know? do what you do every day
0: exactly and and th- i think when you're successful it's integrated in your processes it's not an extra task uh, and and uh, i think that is a, that is a success the day that for me at least this is a, a huge success the day that this is happening; that it's just part of everyday life, and you know, but uh, it takes some um, some effort <laughs> to reach there.
2: Well, the other part that I love too is you talk about, and that's why I really wanted you to talk about it. Was because this is not just Marianne breaking down data and sending out reports, and the program successful, you know, and you knew that not all the management and all the front line were going to buy in. So you kind of empowered your champions, right? You recruited these people who are already doing pretty good, who Mm. were curious and interested. You've Mm. empowered them. So they go out and then you have these stars that start to rise in the form of darlings. Mm. And then you recognize them and you feed them. And now what you've created is it keeps feeding itself and it keeps growing as a program. And I think that's the most amazing thing. When you get in a room with these people they're genuinely excited about improving the customer experience, yeah. and you know I think you've created a system that does that. It's continuing feeding itself and enhancing and growing, um, and yeah, I think I think that's what was most amazing. That's why I was so excited to to be on today, is to, is to talk about that part. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, thank you. I just wanted to <laughs> break that down a little. <laughs>
0: No, we are proud of that uh, as well. So, yeah,
1: definitely. It works. Yeah, I, I love that, too. I think that's very, very impressive. I think a lot of people, as Carrie mentioned, underestimate the impact something like that has on a program. Um, the other thing you mentioned that was really interesting, uh, Marianne, that we've talked about a, a couple times uh, on the podcast previously, is who you select matters, too. Yeah. So you said they have to have networks within their own Region or department with different departments like sales uh, that's so hmm. important um so yeah I just I just wanted to point that out for the listeners as well because that that could have been glossed over, but I think that's really astute from from you and the Biznode team to actually pick people what we carry and I basically label as influence within the organization so so they can influence their peers. they can influence the sales team to take it seriously um, but also this helps feedback into performance on on obviously the program side. Uh, because everybody's a little bit more bought in when you pick the right people, uh, so I think that's just another really astute thing that you've you've done at Biznun. So, kudos on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank
2: you. And if you, Ian, if you if you go to these meetings, uh, you'll see that the room is representative of all those different departments too. Mm. Ariana's done such a f- phenomenal job of really reaching out and plucking out those people, and you know whatever topic comes up. It has this almost 360 degree approach to the conversation because someone from marketing, someone from sales, is in the room already as part of this program, and it's, she's just done a splendid job of doing that.
0: Thank you. I think that the risk is also, and it's it's it is about knowledge because it is so obvious when you are going to select a champion to say, select someone from customer care because you think oh uh, you know a customer survey there must be someone from customer care they are the ones that can influence um, a good score this this is if you don't know much so um, you know but it's all about um, spreading the knowledge about the program and then they will sort of understand that you know it's not a customer care uh, task (laughs) it's a it's a joint team effort really and I think this is what's what we understand
1: now so yeah, i guess that's, that's great go ahead Kerry.
0: yeah well, well i was gonna
2: ask and this is this might be the big ass this might be what we're all building to and what curious minds want to know but have you seen revenue growth have you seen sales um revenue retention grow as your score has grown over the last few years
0: well um yes and no it's it's quite difficult again because we sort of measure this uh, locally and in different ways so i can't answer that question i'm afraid but what we have what we know is that our business as a total is growing and so is our score uh, and i think this is uh, the comparison we can make at this present moment so
1: yeah, and that's powerful. I think that's that's really again, if we if you go back to the origin of NPS from Fred Reicheld in the, the HBR article, it's long term growth, right? I mean it's literally doing the right things in your business at an operational level and strategic level that will drive additional growth over over time. So I think that's that's still a powerful statement, is that yes, you can see the growth overall from the org as the score goes up. Um one other thing, Marianne, that I think we maybe can end on is like, what are you guys working on? So I know programs constantly evolve. You're constantly trying new things. Like, what's the, what's the next couple uh, months look like for you guys at BizNode?
0: Well, I think I mentioned before, we are working a lot on uh, group uh, programs and, and uh, group initiatives and so on. And um, we have these uh, cool uh, growth bets, as we call them. So, uh, uh, group products um, that we are developing and, and they are being sold now, some have been sold for a couple of years, and um, we are focusing very much now on, instead of only focusing uh, market-wise, like country by country, we are now um, sort of focusing on our group products and the score on the products, because we import, um, for most markets, we import uh, also the product name. Product names. So, I'm working now closely with the PMs for these products. And um, we are making sure, I mean, the challenge we have is that we sell so many products and sometimes the customer buys more than one one product. So the response we have, we don't always know if it's in relation to what product that he's uh, responding. So um, we are sort of uh, making sure that we hear from all the right people, again, data. (laughs) you know um and uh, so so that is uh, one thing um the other thing is that we are beginning to use uh, um, the, the live reviews uh from customer gauge so we've just opened up for one market and we have five markets coming up um but we would also like to sort of use live reviews on a product level and also uh on um Maybe we we have our own academy for our own clients. So we uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, would like to um, also use that for live reviews. We want to, uh, yeah, so we want to use it in that way because we are implementing more and more transactional surveys. We wanted to concentrate on our relational surveys to start with, uh, but we, we are implementing more and more transactional surveys as well. So enough to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it sounds really exciting i think especially with the transactional uh surveys it can get yeah. really interesting like you said where it's, it's it's pretty much you can get something coming in every day uh which is really exciting i think uh, to see yeah. that transition um, we do
0: we have done transactional surveys uh for a while for on sales also for our smallest clients um we we sell this uh, we sell some rather small products as well uh, which is like um um a survey displaying your uh, credit uh, rating. I don't know if you've heard of it. Here we have, in in most of Europe, we have uh, AAA, AA, or or single A for your credit worthiness. So, so we uh, we are uh, we are doing already a transactional service on on sales for small clients.
1: Great. Carry other final questions for Marianne before we log off here. No, I
2: you know again, I, I I'm a super fan. I really am, and um, I, I think Marianne thinks I'm making this up, but <laughs> I, I really geek out when I'm with her, with her team. Any any opportunity I have to 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 talk to one of them or to engage, they've been they've been huge in the our own academy CG Academy. I think they're my my top students, if we're going to call them that. My learners. Um, they really love absorbing information, and mm. it doesn't stop there. Um, they don't do it just to get the certification. They literally turn around and then apply it with their team. So there's been a number of instances where her own champions have reached out and said, okay, I hear you, Carrie, but I want to talk close the loop here. and I, 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 you know, Help me help my area out, and they'll continually bring that back. So I think what I'm most, most impressed with is the culture that's been created around this. So no question, what I really just want to do is really celebrate just how well you've been able to do this, give a voice and power to a lot of people who want to do the right thing. So uh, bravo. Thank
0: you.
1: All right, guys. So this has been How Biznode is Reducing Churn Globally with Customer Feedback. Again, we were joined by Marianne Mulgard. Uh, she's the Group Customer Engagement Manager at Biznode. Marianne, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you. Thanks
1: and uh please like and subscribe everybody uh share with your friends and we'll talk soon